Please listen carefully. Welcome back to the Focus Target Podcast. This is your host, Smiley. With me today are Van and Shy. Good afternoon, my friends. Good afternoon, on, buddy. You guys ready to, uh, for another exciting episode of Focus Target Podcast? It's our 96th episode today. I don't know if we're ever ready for this jelly that is our podcast. Well, you know, 96 episodes is a lot. Maybe we could think back on some of our old ones and have some nostalgia about the early days of the podcast, because today's topic is going to be on nostalgia. Um, Probably a lot in regards to video games and game playing, but not necessarily limited to that. Um, But before we get into our our discussion of nostalgia, we're going to get into a different discussion of nostalgia by asking our question of the day. And today's question of the day is around Final Fantasy XI Eden, which is something we talked about at length last week on the show. Um, And if you were tuning into that, you might remember that uh, Van and I were putting the pressure on Shy to... Uh, return to the world of Vanadil in in Final Fantasy XI on the private server Eden. And so today's question of the day was, well, how is it going? We've been away a week. You know, we've had a week of time in-game. How is Final Fantasy XI Eden going for the three of us? And I want to start, because we left us the, our audience with a cliffhanger on what Shy would do, I would like to start today with Shy. Shy, what's going on with you in Final Fantasy XI? Well, you know, I said screw you guys and i'm gonna keep playing mass effect and that was it right <laughs> yep and, no, and that scene. wasn't it um i couldn't resist myself installing 11 and i installed it and i've been playing it um you sound you sound very disappointed in yourself i'm not disappointed in myself i'm enjoying it i'm glad i'm back what i'm disappointed in is i checked my play time yesterday and i was already at like 49 hours and like five days of playing so <laughs> I don't even know how it's physically possible because I I know I'm not playing as much as I was and maybe it's just a minimal difference like right now. So I don't know. I didn't have, I had a couple things canceled last week, like in the evenings that I normally have on a weekly basis. So I think I did play more than I would on average, but hopefully. Yeah. That was, um, so I remember when I first started seeing you logged in all the time and well, not all the time, but first started seeing you logged in in the beginning I was telling Smiley, I was like side telling him, and I'm like, man, I'm a little worried. Shy's been playing a lot of Final Fantasy XI. I don't want him to get upset at himself. Old plot. And Smiley's like, yeah, but you know how Shy is. Like, sometimes that'll bother him. Sometimes it won't. So we'll just have to see how this rolls out. And I was like, all right, let's see. And then when I saw you on after eight o'clock, that's when I was like, oh shit, he's really got it bad now. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Shy. Last night was the latest I've stayed up, and the reason I did was because I was trying to get 20 to get the Chocobo, and like, you know, I actually had a really frustrating experience last night. I mean, I'd been kind of blessed because I'd had decent EXP parties up until last night, but like last night I was in a really bad EXP party for the first couple hours of the evening, and then like, and it just makes you, like, I don't know, it just makes it frustrating when you're like, all I needed was oh, like 3,000 EXP, I'm two hours yeah. in, I haven't even gotten that yet, and like... You know, um, so yeah. I got in a good party at the end of the night. I'm like, I don't want to stop this now when I get as much as I can. So, yeah. I just thought it was funny because Van did send me that tell about how I was getting late and I was still on one of the first nights. And I was like, Van's full on dad mode. Like you wouldn't have thought about, you wouldn't have thought about it like that, you know, 10 years ago when we were playing. But he, he looks at things like bedtimes a little bit differently now, I think. <laughs> no, I, my my concern was that like, should I be like, hey guys, I had a lot of fun, but uh, 
you know, it's not good for my health, so I uninstalled it. Like that that's what I was afraid of that he would come back the very next day with. So that may happen. That's <laughs> <laughs> not off the table. It's always never uh, present worry. That's fair. Uh, well what about you, Van? What uh how's how's your week gone in, in FFXI? Are you still feeling as excited about it as you were last week? Yeah, I, I actually probably more so. Like last week you had like the initial type of, hey, cool, this is awesome. We're doing this again, and you're all excited and all giddy and everything, and then like, you know, maybe after day four or five, you're like, okay, this is just as hard as I remember it was. And, you know, it's not super you fast remember, pace. You so remember we're not all game. the things that yeah. you have to do, the quests, well, you're trying to the do it, and, and, the... <laughs> and you're walking to the dunes every time there's a party, and you're walking back to your home nation, and there's a lot of, a lot of really long time sinky things. Um, and then so I was like, ooh. I don't know if I could really actually be effective in this again and the pace I'm going to be at and all that stuff. And then for some reason, there was like this renewed excitement for it this week. And I don't know, it probably has a lot to do with Sheeny actually playing too this for week. For some reason. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. So probably with Sheeny playing, yeah, it, it, it got uh, exciting. But um, no, I feel like there's a more optimistic outlook on it when I, like I said in the last podcast, I'm approaching Eden um i'm not i think the only way i can approach it is by not trying to rush to anything and just enjoy the game for the adventure that it is like yes there's a lot of boxes you got to check off in the beginning because there's just a lot of things you got to do to set yourself up for success in the long term but after those things are done like I, i'm i'm looking forward dude it sounds silly but i'm looking forward to farming gill i'm looking forward to crafting i'm looking forward to doing all these other stuff and just like enjoying the other stuff of the game but without a rush to 75 yes i would love to have a character at 75 so we can start doing in-game stuff because i know there's a lot of you know that's we've been there before there's a lot of excitement a lot of really cool things happen then but um i'm not i'm not judging my pace based on anybody else otherwise i'll constantly be disappointed because i can't play as much as like the z's and the Arius's and even the shies of the world um so i, I don't want to judge myself on what they're doing and get myself disappointed so i just got to take a holistic viewpoint of what I am doing and a realistic capability of, of how it's progressing. And so far I'm happy with it. Uh, all that matters is that we're having a good time and we're having a ton of laughs and we are, and that's it. So I'll, I'll keep doing what we're doing, but it's looking, it's looking good. It's looking fun. Yeah, I agree. I've had to really take that, that approach as well. Um, and I think it's helped knowing that I have a child on the way, like knowing that like, okay, like let's say I rush to 75 you know, like I just, I just hit it hard and I, and I just go all out. Right. Like I can't join an end game link shell right now. Like I like, that's not going to work with having, having a, a child on the way. Like, it's just not in the cards for me right now. Um, like even if I got there and so that's taken a lot of the pressure and like the impetus to like, feel like I need to rush there. It's like, even if I got to 75 today, I couldn't do end game stuff really. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like I know that that's something that's, if I do it, it's going to be down the road. And so it's made it easier for me to take a longer approach, like you said, and say, let me set myself up well so that when I get there, I have a better, more well-rounded account. I have some money. I have some good gear. I've got kind of the pieces I need to be successful at that. And I can do it right rather than like trying to rush to get there right away and, and really not being able to commit to something like that uh, at this point in my life. So I think it's, I think it has helped me. Yeah, I think the only, so I don't feel like I'm letting myself down when I can't rush or do anything expeditiously. However, I do feel like, or I do feel like the only people I'm letting down would be you guys <laughs> by not rushing. 
And even then, it's like everybody, I think, is very understanding of our pace and whatnot. So, well, I think I was telling Sarah about this the other day that I think Final Fantasy XI is a, a little bit different of a game in that it's hard, it's much harder to be left behind because people are constantly leveling mm. other jobs, they're unlocking new jobs, they're going back to the dunes, they're going back. Like, if you fall behind, you'll just, you know, it's like, okay, well. You know, maybe I can't party with your main, but I can party with this sub job you're leveling or whatever. Like, yeah, another job's coming to catch up with you that, that you can hop on with. Um, and then with level sync on the other side of it, like it doesn't even matter. It's like, OK, if, you know, Z's already level 30, right? Like, who knows what he'll be tomorrow? But it doesn't matter because he can always just sink down to whatever you are and keep working on his goals while while rolling with you. It's like so many of the other games that we've played have not had that ability to go back. And it's like, if you want to go back, you're like taking time out of what you want to be doing to help somebody catch up versus like, you can both be accomplishing your goals, you know, a lot easier in this game. I think, I think there's a lot less of being left behind. Not that there's not places or parts that you could be, but. I think uh, if I could add to that, I think the, uh, like you were talking about like leveling wise, but even like it's easy to like static missions, like something like COP or like storylines. Whereas like, cause it, like you're saying, there's so much to do. So like we can like, you could like do a, like a weekend thing. And like, if someone can't play all week, like the other people are like, like you just said, there's so many other activities. So it's not even just leveling wise. It's like, you can find specific things to play together and like besides EXPing. Um, right. And that's, it's very different from the modern MMO where it's like linear dungeon progression. And it's like, if you can't keep up, I'm going to like leave the static because I'm trying to push. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like people could literally be holding back, back the other yeah. people. Yeah. Well, I remember yeah, that that's... happened in 14 very memorably, right? Like you and Rido and Chev pushed ahead and I was going a little slower and I think Van was going a little slower. And so we kind of had two different statics because we kind of had a gap. I think that led to how you guys ended up meeting Tenkin, so it ended up being a blessing in disguise. But um Well if we look at Terra, that's why Rido quit Terra was Rido and I pushed ahead and we got to endgame and there was nothing for two people to do and everybody else in that game were douchebags. And so like he didn't wait it out and quit. And then when you guys caught up, I played with you guys basically. You know what I mean? Like you the three of us and Ray and Sheeny and Z like did a bunch of endgame stuff. But like yeah. it really screwed us that we pushed so hard because we were you know, we had nothing to do. What were you going to say, Van? You had something? Just, just point out other differences between like the modern MMO and, and the Final Fantasies is like in the modern MMO, really, it is you're just trying to get to 75 as quickly as possible. Like there's nothing, not that there's nothing else to do because you can craft and you can do all those things, but it's like, it's just so easy to get to 75. You could typically do it within a couple weeks if you grind out really, really hard, depending on the, the MMO, but you're going to do it pretty quickly. Um, whereas like, if you were to try to just grind straight to 75 in old school 11, like, yeah, you can do it, but it's going to take such an astronomical amount of time still um, that it's like, that's rarely anybody's like original goal to rush to 75 as quickly as possible. There's just other things that need to happen in between there. And one of the things I think I've always said I loved about Final Fantasy 11 was that the game isn't like, there is an end game and it's a great end game, which is crazy, but the game isn't just the end game. Like it is yeah. like the game is leveling your characters. Like you have to enjoy yeah. the leveling process. If you, otherwise the game is not for you, right? Like if you don't enjoy taking a job from one to 75, 
you're probably not going to enjoy Final Fantasy XI because that's so much of what makes the game great. And I think that's why so many people want a private server like this that takes you back to the days when leveling from 1 to 75 meant something. I think when Abyssia came out and it became more MM, like modern MMOized, where like, okay, now we're just going to kind of shortcut you to one, one up to 75 so you can start participating in Endgame. That's where a, a lot of people lost lost the spark for the game. So Yeah, or like New WoW where... I'm going to butcher this, but like you could start at level 60 or something like that. Yeah. Like you can, you have the option to start at level 60 or something or 50 or whatever it is. But mm-hmm. the point being that you can, you, you don't even need to play those lower level games or anything like that. Or yeah, exactly. So, so we've been, we've been super, uh, does anybody have any, going back to Final Fantasy Eden, does anybody have any criticisms or concerns now that they've noticed or anything over the last week or actually getting into it? No man, I I really haven't. Um, like it, it, I haven't encountered any bugs or anything. Not well. Oh, you did encounter that one bug where you called the GM to help. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to air make, that out on the podcast. You're gonna make me cop to this on the. You're gonna make me cop to this in front of everybody in front of God of Man. Huh? That's the kind of friend you are, huh? All right, we'll we'll put it out there. Yeah, so I got. I was doing a quest and I got a little confused and I thought that it wasn't working. Like the guy wasn't giving me the, the quest I thought he was. And I was like, man, I know I've done this quest before on retail and like, I never had any problems with it. And I couldn't get the NPC to give me the quest. And I was sure I was at the right place and the right point. Like I'd done all the previous requirements and I caught, so I, I, I just, I think when you're on a private server and there, there are things that can be buggy. Sometimes you, you are quicker to assume that, Oh, it must be bugged rather than maybe have I overlooked something. Right. And like, I did do my due diligence. I went out to the, the wiki to make sure that I was talking to, you know, like that I hadn't, like I didn't forget to talk to somebody or I didn't forget to flag something. Like I wasn't super cavalier about it. Like I did try to find the answer on my own. And I did a search to see like, had anybody else experienced this? And no one had experienced this exactly, but there was a couple other people who were saying they were having problems with the same mission in different parts. So I was like, okay, maybe something wonky is going on. So I, I file a GM ticket. I say, Hey, you know, I can't get this NPC to give me the quest. I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong. And the GM comes, he's super nice. He's like, all right, Hey, I'm going to check this out for you, whatever. And I'm, like awesome, you know, it was great, great customer service, really. Like, I mean, he was, he, I should say, he not only the customer, just he, great he, service in general, service, right? Yeah, like, no, I don't pay anything. Well, you know, but <laughs> yeah, like, I shouldn't say he, uh, they, I don't know if it was male or female, but um, uh, they contacted me within like, I don't know, like 20, 30 minutes. Like, I, I, I went to the location, I submitted the ticket, and then I just kind of started fishing, like, because I was like, let me just do something where I can be at the computer, but not away in case they need me to, like, try to repeat it or, you know, like try to talk to them now, something like that. Anyway, like they respond to me right away and they're like, um, you know, I'm investigating your ticket. And they're like, Hmm, you say in your ticket that this, like I gave the NPC's name, that this NPC isn't giving me the quest, but they're not the ones who give that quest. Have you tried talking to this other person? And I was like, no, like, I don't see that person there. Like there's, there's only two people in the room. And so I go, I, I'm, I was right outside the place. So I go back inside and I look and like right when you come in immediately to your right, kind of cut off by the wall is a door. It's the same color as the wall, like very easy to miss in my defense. But I was like, oh, my God, there's a door there. And I was like, oh, no, I was talking to the wrong person. And 
um, on the wiki, on like the wiki classic for the quest, it doesn't say which person you talk to. It says you just talk to the like the ambassador. So it's not like it said to talk to person X, and I just ignored that. Like, I feel like I it was it wasn't like a super bonehead move, but it was kind of a bonehead move. I didn't see the door, and so then I had to like apologize profusely to the GM for wasting their time. And it's like, these guys aren't getting paid. They're doing this. Like you said, they're doing it for free. And I'm, and I'm yeah. here freaking submitting tickets. Making it harder. And I was, I was so embarrassed. I was so, so embarrassed. It was terrible. <laughs> so thank you to the kind GM who wasted their time on me. I, I really apologize. Um, and I, and now like i can't like and so then some other dude like a couple days later i was camping uh, an nm mm-hmm. and some dude tried to mpk yeah. me and everybody's like oh did you report him and i was like dude i'm not making another gm call man i'm <laughs> I got, uh, like i think it's, it's fine all right it's fine don't worry about it so like i can't call the gms no more at least for a while till they forget who i am <laughs> and then your ip was blacklisted and now you have to p- play behind a vpn <laughs> now I, I have to route through through japan yeah. to, to get in the game no, not that that's not true. Um, so yeah there thanks thanks for making me relive that in front of everybody van good. that was good that was that, this is, i don't know this podcast gold if you ask me yeah Shai, you mentioned a couple you mentioned Probably a couple a things more fun for you you were you were saying uh last week how um it's interesting that they kept some features and they didn't keep other features. And do you still feel that way or, or have any comment on that? I don't know. I'm torn. I don't, it, I still find it interesting. I'm trying the conversation we were having at the time, I think was tied to the fact that you can't instant teleport around. They took that feature out, but they kept level sync. And I think that did like, you know, smiley was, I think he made some good points at the time about how, Level sync's kind of necessary, especially on a smaller population server, and I, I definitely understand that. Um, so I don't know. I don't know that I feel strongly about it. I think that if there's anything that I could say about the game, it's just that it is for people who like lists and checkboxes, which is very much the kind of person I am. It's just easy to dump a bunch of time into into the game. Like there's just a bunch yeah. of lists and checkboxes, and and it is satisfying because you can check them off. Um, and uh yeah and they remind you of every single fraction of a percentage point better you're getting too all the time so yeah i'll <laughs> yeah, say that's cool i it's you know some we were talking in a party the other night about what you know why did they keep this versus that why did they add this quality of life which was definitely way down the road and not versus another one that they didn't include right and i think it seems like to me from just looking at it that the philosophy that they're using is if we can find a QOL that's like makes it a little bit more approachable or makes it more playable so it's not less frustrating we will put that in but we're not going to change the core of the game or like trivialize the content you know mm-hmm. like something like level sync i think is like i imagine try to imagine this game without level sync how hard it would be to build parties like especially outside like i mean you you think about how everybody parties in the dunes now but like that's the ball neck you think past 37 when people are no longer leveling jobs for sub jobs like how difficult it is to find a balanced party in a small level range like you basically have to static with people like you would have to just form statics because it You'd really struggle, I think, to find enough people in a, you know, maybe that or you could only ever EXP during like really high volume times, you know, weekends and a certain window in the evening when everybody's on. Um, I think you need that sort of thing 
And so th that's why they allowed that. You know, some of the things like inventory stacking, like some of the items that used to not stack, now they stack. Like that wasn't added in era, but like that was just like a like a more of a system limitation of of the game, it's made right? Sense. Like and like, like yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really like it makes a little bit less of a headache, but it doesn't really give you that much of a competitive advantage. Right. Whereas opposed to something like a Yagudo drink, I think that's what we were talking about. Like, well, why don't Yagudo drink stack now? Well, because that changes the power of that item. Like part of the reason that item was so like that item is very powerful. You're not supposed to be able to carry around stacks and stacks of them. Like you're only supposed to be able to carry a couple without completely messing your inventory up. So it right. seems like the dividing line they use is like, is this going to change the gameplay? Is this going to make it, you know, different, like give people an advantage or a disadvantage? And, you know, going back to the teleports, the town teleports, I I don't know that it gives an advantage, and I, I can see the argument you could make for it, but I do think it changes the feel of the game, right? Like, kind of like Van was mentioning earlier, part of early FF11 was that you had to walk out everywhere, that getting things like your Chocobo Pass and the teleports and stuff was really a big deal. And like was like a priority for people and made it was game changing in a way. And if you had these teleports where you can just instantly warp from one crystal to another, it really trivializes that. And um I'm I for one am glad that they didn't put that in. I think I think even though it it sucks from a time perspective, I think that's part of what maintains the the feel of the game. That's why it feels old school. Because you don't have a lot of conveniences. Like you have to you have to run out somewhere and that can be that adds to the danger level. If it takes you 10 minutes to run out somewhere, like you have to survive that. And if you get aggro and die at the end and like it adds that to that tension of being in the world where like you really have to keep your wits about you and, and it's valuable to stay alive, things like that. Yeah. And like, this is a dangerous place and all that stuff. Like Shinny and I were doing our Pashal outpost yesterday oh, yeah. and we had gone out and we're through the Pashal marshlands and we're halfway through and all of a sudden we get aggro and I'm like, man, we've been running for the last 25 minutes. We right. just got aggro. We're going to erase 30 minutes of our life if we don't get out of this. But her and I are like tense. We're talking back and forth to each other about what we're going to do. I'm voking it off of her and we're and like, that's fun somehow. Yeah, like that was, and we got to the outpost. We we nailed it. I'm like, worst case scenario, talk to the person and die, but get your talk in before. Like, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I um, I actually, yeah, I was in the originally when we started playing. I was kind of was shy. Well, I don't want to speak for shy, but I was kind of like thinking about what shy said, and I was like, yeah, it's weird that they kept level sync, but they didn't keep you know teleporting from nations or all that other stuff like it would have been nice to be able to do that or, or easy to be able to do that and then i started getting frustrated with you know we didn't have welcome dunes for like 10 days and i'm like having literally every party i have to run all the way out to the dunes or run all the way back to bastock when i get my you know sub jobs and all that stuff and run all the way out to the dunes and there was no teleports you know i'm not old enough to or not old enough i'm not high enough level to like telly dem or i don't have money to call shout for tellies so it was like really frustrating, like the amount of running I had to do to get out to the dunes and back. And I'm like, dude, they could have just added this QL and then it would have been this. And then as I started unlocking outposts and things, I'm like, oh, man, I'm glad they didn't do any of this stuff because this feels right. Like there's still a little bit of, um, you know, there's there's a little we're going to give you a little bit of assistance because you, you know, went through unlocking this outpost. But we're not going to make things easy for you by by any stretch. So I don't know. It feels right now. So. My, I do have a concern. Last comment I'll make about this is I do have a concern about level sync. Um, and it's it's been the concern I've always had is that I understand it's it's a necessity just based on sheer volume. 
but or at least it's the best argument for it. My concern is that like are do people not level in the other regions because of it, right? So they're always going to try to go to where the XP is best per hour as opposed to like where the XP is necessary. So are you still getting a ton of LG Malo lens parties? Are you getting your BBQ Bay parties? Are you getting your Sarma Champagne parties? Like, those, not Sarma Champagne. Well, yeah, those those kind of things. Like, are you, are you getting those parties? Are those still going to exist? And that's something that we can do ourselves, right? But like, if you're not on and I'm seeking for a party, will I get those parties or am I just going to be in the dunes the whole time because the XP is easy and it's decent and whatnot? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I've seen a number of shouts for a lot of different places and I've seen people in our link shell doing parties in, in random locations at different levels. So um, I haven't really seen any evidence that everybody just is like, well, it's just, let's just level to 75 in the dunes. Like, not that it doesn't happen, but right. I think, you know, people want to help out. Like if you've got a low level job, people want to come and be like, well, yeah, yeah. I level that on, even if I have a higher level job, but it seems like people want to go different places and want to mix it up. And so I think what, if you're just putting your flag up, you may not get a ton of invites for crazy places. You're likely going to be approached by people in the dunes who are looking for stuff. If you're willing well, to make a party, it. if you're ready to put a party together and say, Hey, I'm going to do a party for this place. That's at my job level. I bet you'd be, I bet you'd be able to find people who are like, hell yeah, it's not the dunes. Get you know, get me somewhere different. Let's fight something different. Let's see how it is. That we'll find out as we continue to level. We'll see just how difficult it is to find people for some of those places. But it's not a concern I have, I guess. Cool. Yeah. Any final thoughts about this question of the day that's turned into the full topic, basically? <laughs> that's turned into half our half what our podcast. Does that happen with Final Fantasy Eleven? Yeah, I, mean, I think and the interesting thing is it seems like they're still adding content like it's not obviously they're gonna go to a point like it seems like they're not gonna maybe i don't know i don't know what the plans are with wings of the goddess or like anything like that but we know we know we've heard that some end game content that was treasures of otter gone related that isn't in the game yet is coming stuff like nizwell isle and like some other stuff so there's stuff still to look forward to um potentially a lot of the stuff that i hated in in otter gone is not in the game yet which is I guess both good and bad. Um, like I always hated salvage. I hated that so bad. And I always hated the, um, what was the one with the, with the photographs where you had to take the pictures? Uh, Zenny. ZNMs. Oh my God. That was so dumb. Zenny was horrible. Yeah. I did like Nizual Isle and I hope they put that in because I thought that was an awesome. We had a lot of fun with that. A lot of fun. And the gear was really good too. I love those set pieces. Denali Kex live forever in infamy. What do you hate for what, what do you hate about salvage? Like why did you hate salvage? Um it was hard, it was confusing and it was a lot especially like original salvage where like mm, right. you had to have like half your inventory free to like and you had to like lot the cells and pass the cells and like it was just a lot of administrative work which sucks when you're on a time limit like trying to figure like I don't know. I never I was never really a fan of that. I thought it was very convoluted. I thought they made it better when they kind of redid it and they made like the, they made the way you unlock things a little bit more streamlined and uh, some of that. And like once the info was out about it, but I I don't know. I never played original salvage. So I only played the, yeah. Played oh, the, you know, you end. never played the original version. Well, that, no, that that's, that's why I'm, yeah, that's why I was curious. Yeah. Yeah. 
It was bad. Well, because like all of the things that unlocked dropped as actual items. It's like if you weren't care like, and you know, you know how that goes. Like when you're fighting, like you would get a bunch of ones that you don't need, and like things would fall into your inventory. If your inventory was full, maybe you'd you know it would drop, and you'd drop the ability to like unlock your weapon or something. And you'd be like, oh my god, like it was. It was. I kind think of they a- changed that though. Like when Rado and I did his, we're working on his mythic. That was it. Was still that way. Was it? I yeah. I know they did something to streamline it and make it better. Right. I don't. I don't. I'd have to look into what, how it's actually different. But sure. it's been a long time, so maybe I'm remembering through. Um, what's the opposite of Rhodes colored glasses like? Murky, a- angry Ray? glasses like yeah. glasses <laughs> that make it sound seem worse than it was. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but that's a good segue into our topic of nostalgia. And so obviously, you know, you can see where this is coming from when we're all back playing a game that we played like 10 years ago, uh, you know. And so obviously nostalgia is a part of that, this idea that we are playing it partially because we had such good times playing it in the past. We have such fond memories of Final Fantasy XI. And it kind of was... Um, made us want to talk about like just nostalgia in general, not just specific to five as 11 or games even, but just on a broader scale. I mean, so, um, you know, when you're talking about nostalgia, you're talking about feelings in a way, right? Would you guys agree with that? Like the, it's a way that you felt it's, uh, like you, you're it, doing something, doing an activity, whether it's a game or going to a place or watching a movie reminds you of a time in the past that, presumably was a happy time right like it's not like negative nostalgia is there i don't feel like i've ever heard of that more like ptsd (laughs) yeah because i think i think i think nostalgia inherently has like a yearning for right like you typically don't yearn for bad times yeah so yeah i'm I'm sure there's there's people who live in the past of events that happen traumatic or otherwise but I think nostalgia is just a little different than that but but i would agree 100 that it is feeling right you like you think of you get nostalgia when you think of like we'll just use games for example, an old game that you played, and like you don't. Yes, you think of the content, but really you're just remembering how it made you feel, like how excited you got, or how much you enjoyed it, or how happy you were, or whatever. So yeah, it's heavily revolved around feelings for sure. And to me, it's always and maybe we're jumping too far in, but like to me, what always gets me is music. Like I, I'll feel a lot of mm. times with when I boot up a game or, or I, I hear the music from an old game that I used to play and I'm like, Oh my God. And like, it, yeah. it transports yeah. you back to, to yeah. when you played it before and how old you were and like the things that were important at the time. Yeah. I've read some psychology on that just enough to sound absolutely stupid by actual psychologists. And I'm probably bastardizing what I'm about to say, but apparently like a lot of the emotional response, the physiological emotional responses are subconscious. And it's like the half of your brain that isn't, conscious of isn't aware of what's well is aware of what's going on but can't doesn't have a story right can't put it in words or whatnot mm-hmm. and that part of the brain is timeless and that's why it feels so powerful because it doesn't know that that song happened 15 years ago it thinks that it's happening right now or, or the feeling is exactly the same as it was mm-hmm. 15 years ago when you heard it or the state of mind you were in when you heard it 15 years ago and the, the theory behind it or, or whatnot. I don't know why I'm using air quotes as if it's not legit, but the yeah. theory behind it is that like, if you heard a, a snake right in the woods and you saw it bite someone, well, all of a sudden your, your brain locks that in. Hey, I hear snake rattle. 
I know that's a bad thing for the rest of your life. It doesn't have to sit back and spend time remembering, okay, what was that snake rattle? What was the result of that happening again? Like it's instantaneous. So the same thing happens with good feelings also like, oh, I remember hearing this song at the time that I heard the song, I felt good or I was in a good place. Therefore, this makes me emotionally feel really well when I hear this song or when you see that image or when you smell that smell and all those other things that that invoke nostalgic uh, feelings. Super interesting. I wonder if that's why I love Final Fantasy XI so much, because not that I'm at all unhappy with my life right now. I think my life is is completely amazing. But like, I, I really feel like the time that I was really in the Final Fantasy XI heyday, uh, you know, you know, the time, especially that Shy, I remember when Shy, Rido and I uh, kind of did a lot of three man stuff where we kind of broke off from the larger group and, and did a lot of solo stuff. I think Van had kind of moved on to other things at that time, but like that was such a transitional point in my life where I moved away from basically everybody I knew and moved down to Denver and gotten a career job and like was living on my own and like adulting as they say now, like, um, and it just felt very, it was a very liberating time for me. Like where I was like, Hey, like I can stand on my own two feet and like live my life the way I want to. And I wonder if that's part of why, Maybe I subconsciously tied that to Final Fantasy XI, and that's why I'm always wanting to go back to Final Fantasy XI and play it again. You know, like I wonder if that has uh, something to do with that. Yeah, I, I challenge anybody listening to the podcast to go back and anytime you get nostalgic of something, think of where you were personally at that time and and see if you were not ne- like you mentioned, not necessarily happier back then. It's just different, right? Like just it's different, hard to yeah. gauge happier or not. Yeah. But you certainly probably wouldn't have been in a dark time in your life. Like if you, if you were to re- recollect on something like that. So unless it was the one thing that brought you joy during a dark time, I don't know, but yeah, there's, there's some uh, psychology behind, behind that nostalgia. Shy, you got any thoughts on that? You look a little bit pensive. No, I don't, I don't. Yeah. I'm just taking it all in. I'm trying to think like my final fantasy 11 story, I think is very different in that. Like <laughs> we've talked about this a lot. Like I'm not really happy with where my life went playing Final Fantasy 11. So like it is, and I wonder if that's why I often resist the idea of ever like, oh, you know, committing to Final Fantasy 11 again is because Final Fantasy 11 led to a lot of destructive behavior in my life. Um, Fair enough. But so like, I don't feel nostalgia there. I was just trying to think of like areas that I felt nostalgia and why. So I was just trying to like, rec- I was just recollecting some stuff, but I mean, I think both of what you said, especially what Van was talking about with psychology, like that kind of idea of like this, like your mind, like snapshotting kind of like feelings and then like being able to easily recall them. That's really intriguing. So the next item on our outline, and I'll have to defer to whoever put it on there because I don't really understand it. Maybe you can help me understand. Is we say, where have you not experienced nostalgia? Like, what do you mean by that? that this may, this may have been a question I put on there because I was just trying to think of questions we could talk about. <laughs> I wasn't. Maybe I should. Spoiler have reviewed, alert. Maybe we should have reviewed our, our outline um, <laughs> and removed stuff that I didn't really. Uh, I guess maybe I was thinking about like, and maybe this. I don't know if we'll get there. I don't know if we'll, I think maybe this applies to your last point, Smiles. Maybe we want to wait, but I think maybe I was more referring to the fact that, like, obviously, we know we we know when we experience nostalgia, right? Like something either like something triggers a positive feeling or whatever. But I wonder. I think this was more the idea of like, when have you thought that something, either thought that something would make you nostalgic and it didn't, or maybe you felt this. And this isn't this isn't a good way of wording it, but you had you thought you would be like yeah like. You felt nostalgic about something. You went back to that thing, and you're like, "Oh man, this is not. This does not hold up. I do not no, feel the way I thought I did. Not, not um, what I thought I did. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. the rose. It's the road rose-colored glasses that you mentioned earlier, right? Yeah. How like we have that bias. Well, not not necessarily a bias, but 
some things we remember better than they were. And your yes. question is like, what instances has that happened? Yeah. Yes, that that's a great question. Um, I'd like to defer to somebody else because I need to remember. I that happened to me. What game was that? Oh, I think it was um, I think it was Borderlands, one of the Borderlands games. Like I um, I think when Borderlands three was coming out, I kind of started to get a little excited about it. I was like, I should boot up Borderlands two. Like I never finished that game. I should just like pull it out and like see what you know, kind of go through it again, just for old time's sake. And and I started playing it, and I was like. Oh, this is not as good as I remembered at all. Like, it's, <laughs> like the graphics are really not that great, and like the, it's kind of clunky. Like, was it man? Like, I, I I had felt like that was a really solid game, and I'd really enjoyed it. And like, maybe it just didn't age well, uh, with whether with me or just in general compared to some of the games we've played lately. I think as somebody who plays a lot of old older games. I don't feel like I'm as struck by that. You know, like I think a lot of times when people who only play kind of newer games, if they go back to an older game, they're like, oh my God, you know, this looks so horrible or I can't believe there's all these quality of life things missing. But, um, but that one really struck me that way. Yeah. I can't name specifically, so I'm not gonna be able to give the answer justice, but I can certainly recall experiences of that happening myself also and it's funny that you mentioned graphics because that was the first thing that stood out to me too is like i can't remember what game i went back to to replay but i was i remember being there and just thinking like this is horrible this is like isn't even <laughs> enjoyable the graphics are so bad and for some reason in my memory i was somehow two generations above what that was before and yeah it's and funny I, how you remember it well you it's remember it, it better than it was a lot of times yeah well but so why is that is it is it because the graphics are so poor that in your head you're generating like an imaginary image anyway, right? Like kind of like when you read books or whatnot, or do you really just try to, or, or do you really kind of like evolve it to what the current standard is in your memory? I don't, I don't know, but I've certainly done that before and been like, this is just not enjoyable. Like I remember it was. I think at the time you don't know, you don't know better. I think in my experience, that's how I've experienced it is you don't, you don't have a better comparison at the time that is cutting edge graphics. And so like, it does wow you. I think there's something about mm. like, as, like when we're kids, we're awed by so many things because so many things are new and novel. And then as you get old, you, I, I, this is maybe personal opinion, but you get you become jaded and cynical to a certain extent because like you you gain more knowledge, less things you you like you peek behind the curtain more, you know. And so like I think mm -hmm. that like I think our visual and, and audio journey is very similar over the past few decades you know like when we were growing up we had standard definition tv and it was like oh yeah this is this is solid you know pop this vhs in and like i can be entertained by this this you know 480 by 240 video you know right. and like then sd you know the first hd 720 you know 1280 by 720 comes out and it's like oh man oh my gosh like look at this you know like and you know now we're up to 4k and it's like i don't know i think um uh, that's my opinion i feel very strongly about it apparently but uh I can think of an example um, specifically, and it's recent, and I think Smiley, Smiley probably, um, he will remember this, but Kingdoms of Amalur, a game that came out and I thought was awesome when it came out. Smiley and I both played it. I put like 30, 40 hours into the game, didn't beat it, but really liked it. Um, they announced the remaster, Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning, because the original was called Reckoning. And we were both excited about it. Smiley and I were both like, we're both going to pick it up, play through it again, like what a cool game it was. Smiley picked it up and has been playing through it, or like was playing through it. I picked it up and it is maybe the second game I've ever refunded on Steam. I <laughs> I loaded it up, played like 30 minutes of it. I'm like, oh my gosh, 
I don't feel like this game has aged well at all. Like, obviously, <laughs> it was revolutionary at the time it came out, and I thought it was awesome. But, like, compared to other RPGs I can play right now, I'm just not having fun. And, like, and in my opinion, the remaster was not what I expected either because it was it was really a sharpening. It wasn't like a Final Fantasy VII where it was, like, a remake. It really was a remaster where they were just making enhancing the fidelity of the visuals that already existed. Um, and so... I can, that was an example where I was like, oh, <laughs> rose-colored glasses. And, uh, yeah. I'll defend Kingdoms of Ambler Re-Reckoning, because I did enjoy the remaster quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I got even further than I ever had uh, in the original game on my replay through, and I, I still, I didn't stop, I, st- I think I stopped playing it because FF7 rema- Remake mm-hmm. 2, uh, Remake 1, Part 1 came out. Like, I don't think I stopped because I got tired of it. I just, other games came in lured me away as, as often happens, but um, I thought it was pretty good, but I think a lot of people agreed with shy that they were, they were a little bit let down by it. I thought, I thought it was fine, um, but I know exactly what you mean. I felt that way when I was playing um, tales of graces for mm-hmm. PS3, which, and I, I'm not, I always thought that was a really great game and I still do. I really like it, but like, there was a lot of things to it that like, I don't feel like I noticed how like for example restrictive a lot of the maps were where like it felt very linear and like i never felt like it was because it doesn't look that way but i think i've just gotten used to games now in the ps4 and ps5 era kind of letting you go wherever you want like everything's open world and like if you see a hill you can climb up the hill if you see like there's an area you can see for the most part you just can go there and you know a game like that is not an open world game like it's a very linear map and like if you take away the trappings it's kind of almost hallway like very much like final fantasy 10 um which a lot of people complained and final fantasy 13 and before uh, after it that people complained a lot were, were very kind of like run down the corridor to the next area and like even though you dress it up it's really that's all it is and so you do notice i think this goes back to exactly what you were your the first point you made like we kind of become used to what games like the the quality of life features and the and the technical advances and like i can see how a game like kingdoms of ambler would strike you like that shy because like that genre that action rpg genre has come a long way since you know since that game came out and there's just a lot of things like the the level of control you have of your character i think has come a long way and you're just used to it now and when you try to go back and play a game like that you you it feels a little bit clunkier than you just didn't know at the time because at the time like you said it was very cutting edge and you're just like this isn't good as I've played and now it's not as good as you've played and you want you don't want to go back so <clears throat> clearly there's there's a market for nostalgia or nostalgic i mean remasters and remakes and whatnot wouldn't be as popular as they are so never uh, right right and 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 it's and it's not a fad cuz it's now been going over a decade that they've been remaking movies and video games and they still sell like hotcakes. Like what, like, does anybody have an opinion on, on what the allure is for revisiting these? I mean, I guess I could start. I know with final fantasy seven, like I would have been completely happy if they just prettied up the graphics and gave us the same exact game. And, but I don't know why that would be. Cause I can go back and play the game and have the same, experience right the same combat experience the same challenges the same storyline and all that stuff it would just be prettier but yet i would i would have certainly spent 39.99 on that on that game or whatnot i bought 
10 2 or, or 10 when it was um remastered right not remade yeah so it was pretty up and i don't know I'm, i've i've bought many remastered games also just for better graphics but so is it is it because you're gonna you want to play those games anyway and then that's an excuse to rebuy it is because it was remastered so you might as well go in there or, or I, don't, I don't understand what the or i have the same desire to purchase remastered games but i don't fully understand why well, I think there's a couple there can there's a couple factors that go into play there, right? The biggest one I think is accessibility, right? Like a lot of people don't keep every system they've ever had, right? Um, and even if you do, you know, like you, you know, unless you've got like a man cave where all of your stuff is hooked up, you know, if you want to go back and play Final Fantasy VII on your PS One, well, where's your PS One right now? Right. You know? You had to dig, probably had to dig it out of somewhere, or it's, maybe it's hooked up in the in a basement or something. It's not hooked up to like your, you know, your comfortable couch and your big TV and everything right there. So like, part of it is just being able to get it on, you know, whatever system you're currently using is is an appealing thing. Um, secondarily, a lot of times for like me, I think remasters are a little bit more appealing to me on Switch as opposed mm. to other things. So if it's a console game that now I can have on a system that I can take with me that's added value that I couldn't get. You know, it's like, maybe I don't have a lot of time to replay Final Fantasy seven, the original or Final Fantasy eight, but I got them on switch. And now it's a game that like, I probably don't boot up that much, but you know, if I'm on a, you know, if I have a, a plane ride or if I'm overnight somewhere in a hotel, like oh, I'll play a little Final Fantasy eight, you know, like having it with me adds something that I didn't have before. Yeah. And, and I can agree to that hundred percent. I mean, the, that's one of the reasons why I bought coincidentally was Final Fantasy 10 remastered was because they offered it on the ps vita so now right. i could play this console game handheld and take it wherever i want that, that was super cool to me exactly and then of course like a lot of people don't always you know like i as you can see um if you're watching on the stream or, or on the video I, I keep all my games right i don't sell games back but a lot of people don't do that a lot of people trade in their games you know they don't collect them and so a lot of people don't have like they played final fantasy 7 back in 97 when it came out but they maybe haven't played it in 10 years and don't have it. So now it's an opportunity to say, oh, I would love to play that game again. And rather than go try to dig it up at a collector's and pay, you know, twice the market price because it's because it's rare now, I'll just rebuy it for, for PC and play it, you know, whenever I want, something like that. And so, like, I think nostalgia, it's not that nostalgia doesn't come into play in those, but I don't think it's the only factor on a re-release, I guess is the point I'm trying to make, is that, Certainly, they're trying to use nostalgia to get people interested, but there's other factors that would make people want to potentially rebuy these games. And I agree with you. I'm guilty of spending the same, spending different dollars for the same game many times over, um, which is kind of silly. I'd like to add, just from a philosophical standpoint, too, I think that I totally agree with the practical points you guys have brought forward, but I think that. There is such a thing as a great movie and a great game. And like, and whether whatever standard you're using, like, once again, I will call Independence Day a great movie from an enjoyability standpoint. Like, you know, um, but someone like, some, yeah, someone say the greatest movie ever oh, made. Um, but like, I think, and I think you guys would agree with me, but like, I would rather watch Independence Day 
than go watch like the dozen alien invasion movies that come out every year that are just like copy paste like hollywood cash grabs you know what i mean like there's something about a story like i'd rather go read or watch lord of the rings versus some like generic fantasy story with orcs and goblins and whatever like um and so like i i'm a rewatcher and a replayer and so like i'm you know like they when Lord of the Rings got re-released, you know, came out on DVD originally, right? When it got re-released on Blu-ray, yeah, I was going to watch them on Blu-ray because I was going to watch them in, in high def or 4K. You know, like, I'm going to rewatch them again at a higher resolution because I'm going to rewatch them anyway. Like, so I think, like, why wouldn't you buy an HD version of Final Fantasy VII if it's available? Because you're going to play it anyway. Like, why not play it when it looks better? I mean, um, I don't... I I, that's my own. Yeah. Early on, that, like, yeah, yeah, but that's a good point. If you're going to play it anyway, you want to... Yeah. You want to... Yeah. You know, you want to have it at like, why not see the cool shiny version, even if it's, even if it's just a graphical overall, like, and I mean, yeah, I may have gotten distracted. Yeah, I may have gotten distracted, distracted by my main point. And just the idea that like, I think there's only so many good stories out there. I guess, I don't know, maybe you guys would disagree mm. with me there, but like, I think that we live in a consumerist culture, especially that we're like, a lot of entertainment has become business driven. You know, we don't yeah. live in this idealistic world where artists can just like create stuff for, you know for just the passion of making things all the time. You know, there's plenty of outlets like that, but you know, a lot of like mainstream media, gaming, films, books, like there are stakeholders and boards of trustees behind the scenes pushing products and, 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 and sequels upon sequels upon sequels. And so I think when you experience those iconic storylines, it just makes sense to honestly keep re-releasing them because that's what fans want. And fans know they're good. You know, and I, I think even the companies know they're good, right? They're like, we can't make another Final Fantasy VII, like, like a new one, you know? So let's just, keep re-releasing Final Fantasy 7 um, we've been trying yeah I mean you know yeah yeah well the one I thing... mean... oh go ahead please no I was gonna kind of pivot so if you want to wrap it up or continue just, the conversation just like, I mean it makes sense financially as well like it is and I think that's kind of the downside of these remakes and re-releases I think people push against them a little bit because they feel like companies are trying to take advantage of my nostalgic feelings to make me pay money for the same game again. And that's true. Like they are, they absolutely are. It makes business sense. Here's a product that would take minimal effort to try to sell again. And people will buy it. They have proven they will buy it. Like, why wouldn't you? And I mean, at the end of the day, like not to sound too much like a capitalist here, but like nobody forces you to buy a remake, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're only profitable if there's a market for them. So I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with remaking games and putting out remasters and things like that. And it's because it's like, if you don't want it, don't buy it. If it doesn't appeal to you, don't buy it. Don't, you know, and if you do, like we've said, there's a number of reasons that maybe you would want to then more power to you. All right, Van, what you got? I was going to say, we've, we've talked about a lot about remakes and remasters and specifically in games and films. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you two would agree with this, but I feel like games are often remastered more often than remade but films however are remade more often than just up graphically right like the huge ones i can think of like lord of the rings star wars as far as like graphical um upgrades go but not many i mean yeah everything's i guess been ported to blu-ray by now because they had the original and that's where it is it's not a full but they're not re-releasing it yeah, they do, but like they, they do come out in new formats. But I think, don't you think it's partially because, you know, not that films don't look better today, but that like, you know, like I think the difference between a film made in two thousand two and a film made now 
is a lot different or a lot less different than a game made in 2002 versus a game made now as far as the what you could do with it like yeah like like the the video game technology has advanced a lot more drastically than the film technology maybe not the technology but like movies always look kind of good right like some of our favorite movies like it's not that they haven't made improvements but like we weren't watching star wars in like 8 bit you know, right. like it was still people, it was still live action. And like, you can argue like all oh, the special effects and this and that obviously have come a long way, but it's a different level of change. I feel, I feel like you disagree with me the way this is a, bit, <laughs> a bit. I think that you're right at the extreme level, but I think like, if you really want to test that, go find a tube TV, find a VCR, plug in like a VHS of gladiator oh, and watch no. it versus like watching it in 4k next to it sure. and like there is a huge difference like i i'm not i'm not saying it's not as extreme as what you're saying but i think it can be painful to go back and watch sd footage let's like, find a dvd i do i like, do that regularly i won't even watch yeah. dvds anymore yeah. like it's yeah it's, and that's crazy <laughs> more power Dude, to you, man. Like, you have blu-ray, blu-ray, blu-ray I or bust, i got you i got or you even I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a ride for my wife because sarah loves dvds and she's mad that she can't find dvds anymore cds and dvds are part like of my people yeah. like you and shy ruining the dvd market what's the matter with you people? i'll make All a right, mixtape um, after make I it wanna, feel better i do i do want to make one more point before we have to wrap it up here and that's um, how long does it take for nostalgia to wear thin? And this is kind of a, I'm going to tie this back to, to our opening here with Final Fantasy XI, right? Like there's, and this kind of goes back to what Shai was mentioning before, like not so much as like, okay, I came back and it wasn't what I remembered, but how long does, how long do you think nostalgia carry? How far can nostalgia carry you? Like, do you, doesn't it seem like it has to kind of be a temporary feeling? Like, if you have nostalgia for a game like Final Fantasy XI, right? Like, you come back to eleven because of the nostalgia, and it feels good at first, and you're like, oh, my God, the, you know, all these good times. Like, it's not going to last forever, right? Like, how long do you think that can carry you before the game has to stand on its own merits or the, you know, the film or the book or whatever? Yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think you're talking moments. And, and I don't think you're talking seconds. Yeah. I think you're talking hours. Um, like for a movie, of course, you know, like you're either going to sit through the whole thing or, or you're not, I think for games, you're going to, you're going to get into it and you're going to remember quite a bit about it pretty quickly. And then anything that takes you past that day or two, in, in my opinion, um, is, is really just the, the enjoyment of the game again or whatnot. You're, you're past nostalgia. Nostalgia brought you to the game, but you keep playing because of the game. What do you think, Shy? I agree. Yeah. I think that movies are shorter so i agree like i think in my case a lot of movies i feel nostalgic about i'll always feel nostalgic about just because it's not like a hundred hour experience <laughs> like i i kind of yeah, remember yeah, the movie and, yeah. and and i go back to it and i know they're bad movies like from an example for me is like a lot of the live action disney films like i don't know if you guys watched those growing up but like Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea love bug that kind of stuff like i can still go back and watch those movies and enjoy them like i loved them when i was a kid i know they're not great movies but like they're just other fun but like I think 11 is going to be an interesting experiment, right? Because it is going to have to stand on its own two feet. Like that's hundreds of hours of, of investment. And we'll, you know, I'll, it'll be interesting to see if I. Well, I want to, I want to counter my point real quick. I think there might be something interesting to, well, not counter, but I want to add on. I think there might be something interesting to 11 because I think, I think 11 might be a nostalgic carrot, like constantly or a nostalgic go post constantly being moved. Like we're nostalgic about unlocking our first 75. Then we're nostalgic about going through COP. And then we're nostalgic about Nizel Isle. 
And like, I think we're going to be getting little snips of nostalgia the whole time. And so like, is it like a solid nostalgia? Not necessarily, but is the nostalgia going to bring us to the point that we're trying to get to and, and, and will the game carry? So I don't know. Well, that's, that's it'll a be interesting good question. To see how that counterbalances against the harsh realities of the work you have to put in to actually right. Final Fantasy 11, right? Like that's the, although it'll be, it will be interesting to see. And um, I think the thing about Final Fantasy 11, ultimately, whether it's the work, the nostalgia, the enjoyment of the game, whatever, ultimately the thing that keeps you playing Final Fantasy 11 is the people that you play with. Um, it's the parties and like, because Final Fantasy 11 is just not as great of a game by yourself. Not that there's not things you can't do by yourself, but like the real, you know, meat of it is when you're in a party with a group and you're, like you said, having laughs and, and jokes and, and, and bullshitting back and forth and passing the time. And, you know, we may try to stream some of that. We've, um, we've been a little hesitant because sometimes those, uh, some sometimes those conversations get a little off color. I think um, when you when when you're out there, and so we're we're not sure what we want to put out and what we don't. But you know, maybe we'll have you guys join us for that sometime uh, in a party. But I think for all of us, I think very rarely has one person been able to like stay with Final Fantasy Eleven after everybody's quit. Like the only person I really know who's done that is Rido. Rido, yeah, like maybe Dav a little bit. Um, but like for the most part, when your friends go, the the world's a little bit too empty, you know. Um, Rido never considered us friends anyway, so <laughs> oh, well, that may be true. That's, that's um, I don't think that I don't think any of us really think that. <laughs> of course not. For the Rido, record, if you're listening, I'm about to give you the contact info. Let us know what you think. Are we really your friends? Um, all right. Do you guys have any final thoughts before I wrap? Before we wrap this episode up. Final thoughts on Nostalgia 11? I just, in 10 years from now, I can't wait to think back and have fond memories of this podcast. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, in 10 years from now, I wonder if I'm going to have spent the last 10 years playing Final Fantasy 11. Like I spent. (laughs) I know I I will have. I know I will have. (laughs) Uh, We'll see. I don't know. I hope hope so. Shai, anything, anything from you? No, this is good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, if you have thoughts on nostalgia, if you remember fondly our old podcasts that we used to do back in the day and how much better they were than these newfangled ones, let us know. We'd love to hear we'd love to hear from you. Uh we have a Twitter handle at Focus Target. We have a YouTube page, Focus Target Podcast. That is where you can find all of our previous episodes and streams and anything we do. We put all of our content on the the uh YouTube page. We have uh our email, which is the best way to get us a hold of us, focus target podcast at gmail.com. And of course, we are streaming live on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash focus target podcast once again we'll try to get some some 11 streams going for you at some point at the very least i think we need to stream that two three mission that's coming up so uh thanks uh, everybody for being here for uh, season three episode 96 this is the focus target podcast i am your host smiley this is shy and i'm ben as always cover us porkins we're out